Hello and welcome. My name is, well, my name's actually Matt. Oh, I'm Dante. And I'm Tim. <laughs> oh, and this is GoMoto Link to the Past Randomizer podcast. I I think just when we made our first episode, I just started by saying hello and welcome. My name is Tim. But like soon after that, I was like, that's not really a great introduction because my name is not Tim. That's it's my handle. It's what people call me. It's my screen name, but it's not my name. I mean, what really is a name? What's what's in a name? Oh, God, what, what is, a great question. It's just a, an arrangement of letters. Right. Um, yeah. You have no influence over if you really think about it. You know, so should it really be called your name? Yeah, maybe not. Interesting. So (laughs) I got to admit the other day I was listening to our podcast, our latest one, and uh, Spotify auto played uh, as I was in the shower with like a, a speaker I have for that. Uh, yeah, it just kept going and I was like, oh, God, what's it playing? And it was the episode double zero. So uh, <laughs> I, got to, go mode. I got to hear uh, the <laughs> the <laughs> intro that you guys made. What was it at this point? Three years ago. Um, the scripted interview. Yeah. The, the, so uh, it was yeah. like it was great. <laughs> I highly doubt that it was great, but I'm sure it was very entertaining. Going back and uh, listening to it is uh is is great. I think I think you guys uh, as hosts should do it. And I think that if you guys here that are listeners, uh, if you haven't, you should go listen to it. And if you have, you should go re-listen to it unless it's been really recent <laughs> because uh, it's um, you could tell us how you feel about it. <laughs> That's fair. We really need to do another one because, uh, I mean, Axial's not here anymore. We It shouldn't be scripted, obviously. That's kind of a weird vibes. We were still trying to find our voice or whatever, but uh, that's fun. That's fun that you went back and listened to it. I mean, it was an accident. Um, it wasn't, it was just like, I got scared. I was like, I need to hurry the shower up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, I have the exact same setup with a shower speaker that auto plays things after the thing that I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I feel like that's a very common setup. And there's yeah. unfortunately no skip button. Uh, there's a volume button on the speaker. There's not a skip mm-hmm. button. I was like, please stop. Please go to something else. <laughs> um uh, this actually reminds me i got a a message from a space poet not exactly a fetch question but a a fetch message i guess you could say and uh they said okay temp is a longtime listener of the show i have to speak up about a revision to your intro segment that i think you should consider this crosses my mind at the start of every episode and then forget to say anything about it by the end but i can assure you this has been in the back of my head since episode one When the episode starts and the music fades and each of you do your wonderful intros, how come you don't say you are in go mode? So like, hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And you are in go mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Because that sounds not right. (laughs) Well, how, how about this? So here's here's a really good philosophical answer. When we start an episode it's like starting a seed. We're looking for the, ch- the topic, the news. We're looking for the fetch questions. And by the time we get to the outro, then I guess you could say we are in Goma. Oh, so the episodic equivalent of go mode can't happen at the very beginning because we're not in go mode yet. 
Right. So I guess the the closing statement, you know, not this episode, but we could just start. Maybe you could say, uh, and now you're in go mode. Let's mirror out. I don't know why you'd mirror out, but uh, <laughs> it, maybe go? you're in a pendant dungeon and it's time to go do some crystals. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You found all your right, go everyone. Mode thank, thanks for listening. We're in a pendant dungeon. Let's <laughs> go ahead and we're in go mode and now we're mirroring. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and then if it's like too short, you can extend it a bit and you can. Now we're mirroring and now we're making our way up to GT. And now okay. we're looking that's, for that's the, the outro key. now. Every episode yeah, is easy, every super episode. long. Easily get her up to two and a half hours. <laughs> no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, yeah, I, I, I'm actually glad we talked about that because I almost completely forgot that Space Poet sent that in. So thank you, Space Poet, for the fetch message. And uh, I guess with that, let's let's go ahead and, and get into uh, talking about LTTPR. So uh, first thing we're going to mention, uh, the headline is the SGL uh, Speed Gaming Live 2021. Um, As you guys know, Dante and her have been hard at work putting on uh, the ALTTPR tournament of that. Um, also participating in the marathon and, you know, in Dante's case. Uh, So they're super busy with it. And as we're recording this on November 6th, um, it's kind of like just kicking off. So what we're going to do is our reporter in the field, who I believe is named uh, Future Dante, uh, is going to cut in right here and uh, give us a more up-to-date update <laughs> of yeah. where SGL is uh, right now. So take it away, Future Dante. All right, Dante, uh, let us know. And as promised, this is your SGL update on Tuesday evening so uh as it stands right now by the time this releases a few matches are going to be completed flip hill versus skipsy kyong versus vortex of doom as well as obscure lifeform versus Bwayne. those are going to be completely done but we have a deadline for our editor our one and only editor temp the tuesday man underscore Uh, I don't know if that worked. Maybe it did. Uh, But including all of these lovely folks uh, right now sitting atop the winner's bracket, our top four is uh, Willer J. Bradley versus Matt7898 and Big Dunka versus Ack the Boker. Uh, As it stands right now, we mentioned Skipsy and Flip Hill. They are in the loser's bracket, as well as Vortex of Doom and Keong, Obscure Lifeform and Blaine as well. The winner of Obscure Lifeform and Blaine will face Andy. Andy having already played his match against Schulzer today, taking that win. So we're down to 11, folks. Just 11 people left in this tournament. Um, It's got several days left. It's been wild, and uh, I hope you guys are as excited to see this thing pan out as much as I am. So, with all that being said, back to me. All right, thanks, Dante. Uh, you did a good thanks, job Dante. there. Uh, no, really thanks, great, Dante. me. <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, the, uh, like like I mentioned before the cutaway, um, Dante appearing in the marathon. We're going to shout that out at the end of the episode, but we'll also put a link in the description. Um, and, uh, there's also going to be a run of super Metroid in that, uh, in, in that, um, marathon. So I thought, you know, relevant to this episode, we'll go ahead and link that one too. That's a Keku men show you who's, who's running that. Keku well known in the community for bringing delicious pineapples to GDQs. 
Mm. Mm. I thought the name seemed familiar. Uh, I've, I've definitely seen their name other places in the like SM community. He's, uh, I think he's part of the SGL staff and he used to also be much more involved with Rando. I think he's kind of drifted away from playing uh, ALTTPR, but he used to be a lot more active around 2017, 2018, maybe. Mm. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So we'll link that in the description and uh, yeah, that's STL. Uh, by the time we come back to you in two weeks, we'll be kind of recapping everything. So it's, it's short. It's not here for a long time. It's here for a good time. All right. So we had a, uh, another spooky festive released uh, this year. Um, it was, I think October 28th when this was put out kind of a surprise. And this one was a little bit different. Um, Synac posted an announcement in the main discord and uh, essentially said, we tried to make an extremely ambitious festive, but it worked too well. We were so scared with the monstrosities we created that we had to discard the whole thing. Please enjoy this cosmetic only festive this year. So this is just uh, sprite changes. I would assume probably the music's changed too. I, as you can probably tell from the way I'm talking about it, unfortunately haven't played one this year just with League and other things going on. Um, didn't get a chance to check it out, especially when I found out it was aesthetic only. I didn't feel that same kind of rush of urgency to like check out the modes and hear what everyone was going to be talking about because I knew it wasn't going to be too terribly different. Um, have either of you had a chance to check out these aesthetic changes in this new spooky festive? Yeah, so um, I watched Act play a little bit of it. I didn't play uh, watch him play it all the way through. But uh, uh, as you were saying, it's pretty much really just a cosmetic change. Uh, the graphics are a little different, like the palettes. Uh, the enemies look like they looked in previous ones with, you know, little Halloween hats or weird masks on or stuff like that. Costumes. Yeah, uh, costumes. Yeah. Um, they did not include, as I've heard earlier from Dante, they did not include the special boss fight uh, with Ganon uh, that they had in previous ones. So it really is a very... I don't want to say bare bones because they still changed a lot of stuff and I'm sure it was still a lot of work, but I, I feel like it didn't quite come together as they wanted it to. Mm. I mean, I'm usually amazed by them every year, you know, like the amount of work that clearly goes into all of them. I mean, I can't believe we ever got one in the first place. So mm -hmm. I'm certainly not, um, you know, I'm not hurt or disappointed by the lack of, of something crazy this year. I totally understand and I actually hadn't, you know, until I saw the announcement from Synac, I was like, oh, yeah, festive. Like, I hadn't really heard anything about it or really thought too much about it until, um, you know, until that ping. So I think it's good. I think they've earned, you know, a year to kind of chill. Um, maybe, who knows, you know, maybe the work that they were putting into this will go into like a, a winter festive and, and that'll be really crazy, you know? Yeah, for sure. So. Cool. All right. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend folks check that out if you want a kind of a new flavor of your A Link to the Past randomizer. Uh, it'll only be available for a limited time. So check it out. Uh, so we don't always shout out all of uh, ALTTPR Ladder's um, announcements. They kind of have their own kind of world there. Uh, but occasionally we do want to kind of report on what they're doing. Um, so we do have a few announcements about Ladder. Uh, so the first one, Season 10, is now freshly underway. Uh, and one thing that I thought was notable about this season is for the first time, they're adding a mode called Gold Rush. 
Uh, and this is the latter's first dedicated Triforce hunt mode, not including when it could pop up in mystery in the past, which I think there's like a five or 10% chance or something like that. But this is actually, you know, you're signing up to do Triforce hunt and, you know, racing against, uh, you know, somebody on, on the ladder with it. So I think that's fun. I haven't done ladder in a minute, um, you know, with kind of being busy with league and all that, but, uh, I I think I feel like I sh- I owe it to myself to try one of these out because I, I think it's it's a fun idea. Yeah, I think um, it's there's also cool. yeah 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 it's it's definitely cool. There's a uh, grab bag mode as well that basically takes uh, 16 past ladder modes and randomizes basically not unlike mystery but you know where mystery takes individual aspects of the game and randomizes you know the goals and things like that. This is taking presets you know already made modes and randomizing those so it's mm-hmm. it's a little different than your you know average mystery but same idea in terms of like you don't know what the hell you're gonna get so you better be pretty decent at the game if you're gonna subject yourself to one of those it could be an easy time or it could be you know cross keys something something insane you know um, and then finally in Ladder World, uh, they are, uh, Big Dunka is hosting another invitational tourney. This time, uh, you know, the last one was Red Turns, just wrapped up. This time it's going to be Casual Boots. So a little bit more accessible. Um, and uh, I believe he's putting up another Analog Super NT for the winner. Yep. Is that correct? You've Yeah, you've heard that as well. Mm-hmm. He, he sure is, yeah. And uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. We're we're very excited to see you. Obviously, as you said, more accessible. We're uh, excited to see what the turnout is going to be. Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be more people playing in it, but just because it's so much more accessible than Returns was. But that probably also means the competition is going to be a lot higher. And uh, you can play, again, as with the previous Invitational, you can play as many or as uh, few matches during the season as you want but only the top 16 will be invited to play in the actual invitational once the season is over yep so the latter uh it has a mode you know like it used to have casual boots now it's called casual boots invitational but don't be fooled anyone can do those it's just at the end of the season like herf said they'll take the top 16 and then those folks will have a bracket uh tournament there Mm -hmm. so it should be good uh, all right, moving right along, we have the ALTTPR League uh, season four. Uh, we have just finished up the regular season of season four. So uh, as of the recording of this episode, uh, long shots, we have one more race. Um, it's it's my two teammates together and their co-op enemizer, their second one. Uh, but I'm all finished. I ended my personal record with two and four, which is the same thing it was last year. Uh, but as a team, we uh, have... We had uh, four wins, potentially five. We'll see how tonight goes, um, which is better than seasons two and three combined for us. So we're very happy about that. Just getting better and better every year. You know, yeah. What else? What else can you really uh, ask for? So um, as always, I guess, kind of as a benediction, since I'm done with league for this season, it's it's been great. Shout outs to my teammates, Arresta and Tyler Salt. Love playing with you guys. Love cheering you on. And, you know, no matter where we end at the end of the season, whether we're last place or second to last in our division, um, I really don't care. It doesn't matter. It's it's just fun to play. And, you know, you just take every race seriously and do to your best. And that's all you can do. It's 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 a fun time. So uh, on the other side of things, going over to the Invitational League, uh, Dante, uh, of course, is, is rocking right along with the Titans mitts. How was your regular season for season four? Well, last time we checked in, we had a lot of stuff scheduled. Um, 
you know, we were going into open. Uh, we did take L in the open week, which uh, not surprising at all. Um, it was quite the seed. I, I just want to mention that because both runners, uh, I talked to Tam and Relkin, um, you know, in, in various discords, both both were unsure of what to do uh, because it was one of those situations where you full clear. If I remember correct, you full clear GT and you're still a sword from go mode. Um and Ooh. it was it was just it was wild because so uh kind of the the breakdown of that for spoilers I guess um uh Relkin cleared all of Turtle Rock except Trinex uh because there was a compass on Trinex but it was green pendant so uh he left oh. and he kept searching and searching and searching eventually found a cape there was a sword at Lumberjack so he started doing aga meanwhile Tam beat Trinex, turned in the green pendant, got a sword, and then they still finished within seconds of each other. Um, <laughs> wow. So then they later I found... I can't believe those sword placements. Then they later found the fourth sword, Tam went and checked, uh, was left side swamp. That was also a pendant. So uh, they, they said that the highlight of that seed was that they were in go mode, sand sword. So they were in sword mode, I guess. Uh, for longer than they were searching for items. Uh, they were <laughs> so um, very wild open week uh, wow. for, for us with that. But, um, you know, no regrets. And then Inimizer, we just finished that up, um, you know, hoping we were hoping for a split uh, that would, you know, one win would have secured us number one in our division. And we did get that on Monday. And then we managed to get another win uh, Friday night. So that I think that's going to clinch us with the I, I think the best record in the league right now, yeah. Um, which is is nice. Very, I, I mean, I, I, to be a hundred percent honest, very unexpected. But um, but yeah, like looking forward to playoffs. Like playoffs, it's basically just a seeding thing, and it the slates are wiped clean, so we could go o three and be out. So you know, being thirteen and one means basically nothing anymore. Uh, it's just that we're in playoffs and now we get to see how, how things are going to shake out in two weeks when the invitational play, uh, playoffs start. Yeah. Well, uh, as, as always, we'll be rooting you on best of luck, uh, as you guys, uh, head on into brackets. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want, I want to describe this. I want to describe this as domination. I wrote it in the outline. I was like, I, I made was you like delete Dante it. The Titans fits. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they are absolutely dominating. And he was like, please don't sell. Please well, don't tell people that you said I was dominating. Yeah. It's, but I, mean, I don't know what I was to call it. It's really hard to, to say that with league. Cause we're, we're, we're paired with like seven other teams. Right. So like, you know, there's other divisions that are doing well. Like, look at Mogliacci, Skull Kids, uh, sitting at two losses right now. Uh, spoilers at two losses as well. Air 216 just with three losses. And uh, Noble Fox is sitting at the top of their division with three losses. So there's a lot of teams doing really well. Um, and, uh, you know, like like I said, they're all getting into playoffs. So uh, the slates are wiped clean now. Well, we have to, it's like, it's starting over. Uh, These are the seven week qualifiers. And now, and now we have to play the tournament. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. There is one team, you know, you guys have 13 wins and one loss. And then there's a team, you know, the Mogliacci with 12 wins and two losses. So yeah, maybe, maybe dominating is a little too uh, strong of a word. It's very too strong. Just given that how many, how many different divisions there are. I just, I just, I love to compliment you and I love to make you uncomfortable on the podcast. Thank you. Those are my two favorite things to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
All right. GMP community updates. So we do have a uh, announcement to make this coming Sunday, November 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget about the time changes. Uh, Twitch.tv slash go mode podcast. We have our very own Malmo uh, admin in our discord and Crithel. Uh, they're going to be showing off a self-commentated info share. No logic seed. Uh, and this is being done to promote the upcoming glitched co-op league that Malmo is going to be running. Um, details are still to follow for the glitch co-op league. In fact, I think when they do this exhibition at the end of it, it will that, that will announce the opening of signups for the glitched league. So much like we were just talking about ALTTPR league, you know, I assume it's going to be kind of similar in that it's various weeks of competition with you and your teammates against other teams. But all of the modes will be, you know, uh, in the kind of glitched flavor of things. No logic might be extreme. I don't know if that would necessarily be included, but certainly, you know, some RMG, um, some, you know. others (laughs) others <laughs> others <laughs> you know insert other uh, glitched modes here that I, I don't know uh, super familiarly so yeah uh, anyway so again Sunday November 14th 3 p.m on go mode podcast channel check out Malmo and Crithel. Uh if you've ever wondered what this game would look like if there was no logic and anything could just be anywhere and whether or not it's beatable or not they're gonna show you the answer to that that should be that should be a fun time so be sure to check that out I uh, I do want to quickly mention without pooping into anyone's cereal or anything. Uh, that is also the same day that uh, SGL will have most of its major tournament finals. Uh, so I hope you know we're not cannibalizing each other's viewers, basically. <laughs> no, well, you know the great thing about Twitch is you always got the vods, right? So pick the one that you want to kind of be active in while it's happening. And then the other one, just check it out later that day or the next day or whenever, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, So on the topic of, um, well, I guess speaking of Malmo, uh, those of you who listened to the show last year will recall that uh, last winter we had kind of a off season mentor tournament where uh, Malmo and I organized a, uh, OWG mentor tournament. So overworld glitches mode, but the same kind of mentor tournament setup where you have somebody guiding, you know, another person through a race while they race someone else. I would really like to do something like that again in, you know, I'd love to offer our, you know, experience documents, discord channel, uh, Twitch, all of that to help somebody run another kind of small mentor tournament. It doesn't have to be another glitched mode like we did, um, but if you are someone who has wanted to run, say, like a small tournament, that uh, the goal of it is to help kind of grow your subset of the ALTTPR community, um, then reach out to me. Uh, you know, no promises that I will, you know, absolutely do something or anything, to be fair. But uh, if you reach out and you have an idea for a little mini tournament that we can run in December and January, uh, I'm more than happy to give you the resources you need to make it happen. Of course, you know, we'll do announcements on the show for it and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I, you know, there's been maybe a couple of soft ideas kind of thrown around, nothing too concrete. Um, but I, uh, I would be happy to do that. So reach out to me if you have if you have ideas for that. All right, so the biweekly seed, this one was kind of weird because I played it last Friday afternoon during work. So uh, I had to pause it about like 50 minutes in and go do like work stuff, and I never came back to it. But I, I still have it saved, 
And I legit might still go back and, and finish it because I was I was like, I think one item away from go mode. It was going pretty decently. Of course, I don't remember anything that was going on in the seed. But like, you know, I'll just turn on the auto tracker. It'll fill everything in. Um, so, yeah, we'll see uh, if you see my name on the leaderboard. Just know that there was like a over seven day long break between when I started that seed and finished it. And that's OK. That's OK with BWSs. That's totally 100 percent allowed. So. Um, and as far as 86, our next biweekly seed, I feel like this has to be an SMZ three seed. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. I probably wouldn't play it, but I'm generally <laughs> like it has to be right. Yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah, we we want to try. It's it's tough because we want a lot of people to play this. So you know, we typically try to make them more accessible modes, but we also want them to mirror what is happening with the episode and obviously you know mirror we're going to talk with Solsky all right <laughs> about smz3 uh so yeah that's what it's going to be we'll we'll generate one of those for you put it in the bws uh channel of our discord so check it out all right so uh now we're getting into the interview with Solsky, um which we've already recorded do you guys have anything uh you want to add to kind of set this up or should we just lift the rock right into interview world are we are we lifting a rock or are we are we uh, gonna just shine spark our way in? Oh yeah, we need to. We're we're going to a slightly different place <laughs> this time. So um, yeah, Dante, you you have more experience with SMZ three. How how should we get over there? All right, I'm gonna hold B, which is the dash uh-huh. button, and I'm gonna hold forward and kind of get situated. And uh, yeah, all right, all right let's I'll, go. I'll just grab onto your ankle. All right, here we go. And uh, all right, woo. All right, guys, it's finally time. You've asked for this. I've asked for this. I even asked for this before I was even a host. Uh, We're going to talk about SMZ3, but none of us are smart enough to do it. So we've brought in Mr. Two-Time himself, uh, the great Solsky. Solsky, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing this morning? Man, it's it's a morning, that's for sure. Um, I do want to thank you for being here. Um, First off, we do this with everybody. So tell us a little bit about yourself uh, as far as like Rando, ALTTPR, SMZ3, um, you know, the whole spiel. Yeah, I guess I'm uh, I'm Solsky. Uh, Got into a link to the past randomizer community about 2017. Uh, You know, just catching the 2017 spring tournament. I think that was the first major tournament that uh, they put on. And uh, kind of seeing, you know, everyone's favorite Andy kind of <laughs> turn up the the bracket stage there. I was like, mm. this looks pretty fun, man. Like it's uh, it's a really neat spin on it. I was just recently like playing through some uh, uh, some ROM hacks for Link to the Past. I was like, I'll give this a spin. Just been hooked, uh, been hooked ever since onto it. So, uh, did you play the original game? Oh yeah, yeah, I played the original game as a kid and played it uh, a couple times, you know, through adolescence. But uh, really, kind of leaned into it when uh, Rando came out. And then, uh, you know, lo and behold, SMZ3 comes out in uh, about uh, 2000, late 2017, 2018. I was like, wow, <laughs> it gets even better, right? So, <laughs> so um, what's your involvement? I guess like, uh, I mean, I'm, I assume in, as a kid, you you played SM as well. Uh, you know, that's obviously oh, yeah. one of the one of the greats of the Super Nintendo era. Yeah, it was uh, one of my favorite games, actually, growing up. Uh, it was definitely my favorite SM or sorry, Super Nintendo game growing up. Um, played through that a lot did a bunch of playthroughs always 100 percent as well always like to get that hundo in there 
Uh, How did you get the hundo? Were you, did you, was this in the time of the internet and you were looking it up or? No, 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 no. This is like wow. 95, 96 area where I was just kind of doing it on my own. Wow. There's some of those missile packs are hidden real good. Yep. They come through <laughs> x-ray, right? Just go through every room yeah. with x-ray and <laughs> scoping it out. Like it's, it's in hindsight, it's a really short game, but like when you're, mm. you know, when you're like nine, 10, 11 years old playing it for the first time, right? It's, uh, it's really well made game so yeah lots of exploration in there a lot of hidden gems like those missile packs like you mentioning and just uh really fun game yeah casually yeah. i remember getting like i thought i i had arrived when i got like the the good ending or whatever for like the the under three hours or something i think it is yep and uh and now that's kind of if you if you know the speed run route and you can actually get a run to stay alive uh that's that's like kind of laughable i guess uh <laughs> these days <laughs> Yeah, I guess with how many times I played it now, yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> slow. But you know, as a kid, you're like, "Wow, I got the best ending!" Right? So you're always pretty happy about that. Yeah. So in a um, way, Super Metroid. Go, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to ask this: Did you speed run Super Metroid or dabble in the speed run for Super Metroid before you started playing SMZ three, or was that kind of your your entry into the Super Metroid speed running scene, so to speak? Oh, that was my entry. And I actually started speedrunning it a little bit afterwards, actually, just to kind of get warm to the game. All right. Uh, because, learn some of the tech and everything like that. So, yeah, I was just wondering because, you know, for Link to the Past, I feel like it's a very accessible game. Like you can usually pick it up. And of course, execution matters, but you, there's not really a, as big of a hurdle as there is for Super Metroid because Super Metroid is like notoriously hard to control for people who are not, you know, very trained in it. And there's a lot of speedrun tricks that are much harder to pull off than a bomb jump or spin speed or something like that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how many of those are quote unquote required to, you know, be effective in SMC3. But I feel like you need to know at least some of them, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. There's, uh, there's some basic tech that you need to know, uh, within the different kind of modes within SMZ3, but yeah, just again, going through that, uh, those, uh, kind of basic playthroughs and, and SM really helped, right. Just, uh, being able to get kind of basic tech down, basic movement, mm -hmm. the boss fights are really big, right. Because they can be really, uh, notoriously evil in randomizer. <laughs> I remember my first rando I tried for super Metroid. It was literally four reserves, no E-Tanks, Fantoon. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was my introduction. <laughs> I was like, I hate this. Yeah. And then I just did another one. I'm like, all right, they're not so bad anymore, right? Because, like, I found out that was kind of like an edge case. And I didn't know how reserves worked at the time. Like, you can kind of automatically uh, trigger them or you can manually trigger them yourself. So I had, like, four E-Tanks, but I didn't know how it worked. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I just, like, took one hit and I lost my energy. I was like, well, this sucks, right? So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like uh, as someone, I mean, I, like I've, I've played in, I've played SMZ3, I've entered one tournament um, and, you know, when you transition from like Z3 rando just to the SM side of rando, it's kind of like, I, I like to compare that uh, Zelda is the, uh, the happy go lucky with your friends, having a good time type of randomizer. And then when you get to Super Metroid, it's like, we're going to war. Like there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> casualness about it with some of the stuff the logic i mean we'll get into this but you know later on with the way the logic is it's like you expect me to do what like this is the first seed i've ever played what's happening <laughs> mm. the thing about super metroid is i feel like 
it's kind of one of the first games I've it, it was kind of like an introduction to the speedrun community for me. And I'm I'm not a speedrunner, but I do love watching speedruns, you know, been on the GDQ kick since, you know, 2013 or whatever. Um, Super Metroid has first of all, it has a timer next to the file. Right. So like it kind of makes you aware of how long the game has taken you so far, as opposed to Link to the Past, which doesn't do that until the end. And also does vanilla do that? I, I, I'm not even sure. Is that a randomizer thing to tell you how long it took? Within Super Metroid, yeah, it, it would tell you. And I think Link to the Past, I think it did as well. Um, okay. No, Link to the Past, I think it was just the death count. Yeah, it was just the, the number okay. of games played. Yeah. So you're saving quits or you're just dead. games played. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so Super Metroid constantly keeping track of how long it's been. Link to the Past, whatever. You can take as long as you want. It's not yeah. like it feels like there's going to be any you know consequence or anything. And I also remember like in Game Facts back in the day, there were, you know, because because I had to use Game Facts to get my 100 percent, the you know, full disclosure. But uh, there would actually be guides that were like a speed run guide. And that was kind of a novel thing, you know, in the early 2000s to be like, oh, here's a guide that helps you beat the game as fast as possible so you can get that, you know, special ending or whatever that Dante was talking about. So I guess we've been talking about SMZ3. Uh, I guess this is a good time to uh, ask what it is. So, uh, <laughs> Solsky, you want to you want to explain to us, I guess, like kind of what's happening here with this SMZ three randomizer. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the link to the past. It's Super Metroid, but it's uh, it's both, right? So uh, it's basically a mashup of both games. Uh, it's a randomizer for both games, but it's all within kind of one contained game, which was uh, originally just like kind of a joke and a pipe dream. Uh, between a bunch of speedrunners in both games saying, you know, it'd be so awesome, man, if we can play both games at the same time kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, lo and behold, uh, resident uh, coding guru, uh, Total, very well known, respected within the Super Metroid community for his uh, works with, uh, you know, ROM and hacking inspection, everything like that for for the game and just learning it. Uh, figured out that, you know, how the Super uh, NES uh, kind of ROM systems work is that Link the Past kind of used one side of it and then Super Metroid like used the exact polar opposite of it. So um, without that, it wouldn't actually be able to work. And then he kind of had the holy smokes moment that, you know what, this actually could work. So then through some tinkering and some kind of uh, work with his uh, background in Super Metroid randomizer, I uh, was able to kind of take one of the older branches of Link to the Past rando and kind of mash it together. And, you know, what, the rest is history. I, uh, I was showing a friend this earlier uh, because I was talking to him about what we're what our topic today will be, and he had never heard of it before. And he was like, "Wait, they can do that?" So I showed him the vod of uh, Andy and Oates playing that showcase match at the GDQ in like 2018 or something. I think it was. And uh, hmm. he, eventually, he said to me, "They've kind of inadvertently recreated Zelda 2 here. You're like walking around on an overworld with a little bit of action and stuff, and then once you get into the real action, you're switching to the side view 2D stuff and platforming and jumping around and fighting bosses." Hmm. I, I'm not sure how apt that is as a comparison, but I just thought it was funny from someone who has nothing to do with anything of this. To kind of go from <laughs> from seeing SMZ three to going to like, well, this is kind of like Zelda two, I guess. Yeah, it's like how, how did Link put on that spacesuit so fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess um, this is the, the the logic for this is based off with Link to the Past at least. This is based off. I think it's you said it was an older branch. It is V twenty nine. Is that correct, or is it or is it twenty eight? Yeah, it's 
it's v28 or v29 something around the other with that um it kind of it kind of confuses me a little bit right when i go back to like link to the past randomizer from time to time and i'm like how does pod key logic work again it's like <laughs> it's something as simple as like a, you know there's always a guaranteed key on the right side of pod um you know in those older branches just doesn't exist anymore right so it's just that constant flipping but yeah it is it is an older branch um you know this was put together just before uh link to the past rando did like that complete rework and remapping of the coding so uh for them to kind of restructure that and put it into smz3 is just a lot of bandwidth and work required that uh you know i'm not gonna speak for total but it's it's gonna be a lot of a lot of work in the background for him oh, yeah. and, his, and his bandwidth's pretty tight these days so yeah i mean looking at something like this the fact that it exists is kind of uh amazing in and of itself and then expecting someone say hey well you know zelda 3 updated their stuff you got to go do that now like it's you know i i can't imagine what it's like one decompiling a game and understanding how the coding works with reverse engineering but then mashing up two of them together uh i i feel like that's quite the task as far as uh you know a time commitment and then writing a logic for it as well um you know spread across two games because you know we're, we're not just finding sm items in sm like you know, we're, we're, I guess we're, we're finding items for, for Link to the Past and SM and vice versa, right? Yeah, for sure. So you'd be able to find uh, any item in either game, right? And, uh, you know, for those familiar with Link to the Past, you know, your regular go mode requirements, like your Dark World access and then dungeon completion. You also have to worry about like stuff like Morph Ball, your, your two suits, your barrier and your gravity suit, uh, you know, ammunition or charge beam to get through the game, movement items to get through the game. So it, it really does kind of add that extra layer of complexity. And I guess that kind of all works with those uh, those in-game warps, right? So I guess it's a good time to, to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, basically how the game works, guys, is there's uh, there's about four game warps uh, within uh, Super Metroid and Link to the Past that kind of will transport you to different areas of either game. So the initial one that you'd see is uh, what's called Parlor uh, in Super Metroid. It's like that opening area in Criteria. Uh, it'll kind of spit you out right at Hylia Island there. And that's like the, I guess, the intro scene that anyone familiar watching SMZ3 knows about. Uh, but then there's a couple of other cool ones, right? Like there's one at uh, Death Mountain in Norfair, uh, one from Meridia in Dark World, uh, Dark World Lake Hylia, which one, that one's really cool because that could be like Dark World access required. And then really, my, I think my favorite one is that, that Meyer, the anti Meyer shed or the Norfair, Lower Norfair cave, I guess I call it now and uh golden chorizo because it could just kind of you know flip your expectations on how like link to the past works and then it just like puts titans and flute in mire by virtue of those warps right so it's like really cool how the game can kind of uh structure and work around those those warps within its logic and kind of place items in a really unique and fresh way you probably haven't even like kind of conceived or perceived could happen before definitely haven't perceived <laughs> I, at least i haven't so i'm i'm basically going to represent folks uh in this conversation who uh have almost no experience whatsoever with smz3 because that is true of, of myself i've played about half of one seed and i had a really great time but you know other things came up i never got back to it um and i haven't tried it since but the idea of it of course is, is fascinating um so i'm gonna ask a lot of probably what sound like very basic questions but it's it's i think there's probably a lot of people out there who need some of these blanks filled in so yeah, um sure. these entrances are they static every time or do they get randomized as well uh, as much as I wish they got randomized, they are static every time. Um, <laughs> okay. That's something that I'm kind of bugging total for in the future, but we'll get to that later. 
Uh, but yeah, they're static every time. So uh, the four are going to be, you know, you have the, again, that uh, criteria one uh, leading to Lake Hylia and Light World. And then you have the business center, it's called in Norfair. So that's the uh, map station there uh, just above High Jump. That's going to lead you to Death Mountain on the uh, west side, uh, just above the old man cave, right? Uh, the third one is the Meridia Missile Refill. So that's just before Dragon, uh, kind of on the bottom right corner of that section there. That's going to be right uh, spitting you out in Dark World Lake Hylia, uh, which is really neat because, again, I like I said, that could be like a Dark World access point, right? If you have flippers and pearl, like the mm -hmm. game's going to assume you have Dark World access at that point, as long as you can logically get through, uh, you know, Meridia and Batuun and those pitfalls to to get over there. And then the final one, like I mentioned, is the Misery Mire uh, Lower Nerfair Cave and Screw Attacks. So that's a really, really cool one. So that's like assuming you have Lower Nerfair access. Uh, it could be, you know, either Titan's Flute getting there or like, you know, Gravity Various Space Jump getting there. Normal logic, I guess we can talk about um, would kind of spit you in there and you'd be able to kind of traverse, you know, an area that you would normally need uh, other items for, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. How, um, it, like, you know, the Meyer example you gave, for instance, it, it, it almost kind of entrance randomizer like it gives you access to areas that you wouldn't normally be at with the equipment that you would have in a normal, you know, uh, ALTTPR seed. So I assume, you know, there, there had to be significant rewrites to the logic to be able to account for that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely. The logic kind of bends towards it, right? So it, it understands that, yeah, you could have these access points available. And um, within logic rights of like how, you know, you're supposed to move within Super Metroid or have items for uh, could potentially place items in Link to the Past, you know, forward in the seed that would account for that. So it understands that, yeah, these these gates or doorways or warps or however you want to call them exist. And it's able to kind of place accordingly um, to those uh, locations. That's awesome. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, item requirements because, you know, one of the things, and by the way, you know, a, a nice thing about talking on this podcast, we can assume everyone has a pretty, you know, decent knowledge of a link to the past randomizer. So we can kind of, you know, phrase things coming from from that perspective. Uh, as we all know, in ALTTPR, there's a, a myriad of different weapons that are and items that you might have to get in order to get to go mode and then be able to beat the game. Um, I was reading when I was putting the outline together, there's there's significantly less items needed to beat the super Metroid side of things, correct? Oh, yeah. Like on a on a bare basic, it comes down to five to six core items, right? Like your morph ball, yeah. your suits, uh, your ammunition slash charge. I call it uh, to get you through the game. So you need like at least 60 supers, uh, 12 missiles to kind of get through um, mother brain or equivalent. So usually you'd want to go in with like a little bit more ammo. So you're not refilling uh, to get you through the Zebs and refill, or if you can kind of ice clip, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but basically that would be it. Right. And then movement to get you through LN. Some people don't need that because, you know, like Andy or an Aussie, they're just really good gamers, right? And they can do like single wall jumps up, uh, you know, a room like worst room in the game where you normally need like high jump or space jump to get through. But uh, again, just the the better you are at the game, the less you're going to you're going to require. Right. And, you know, on a on a casual basis, you might say, well, no, I need that high jump and that space jump just because it's going to make movement like a lot more uh, approachable. And that's where something like a, a normal mode logic would really kind of cater, right? Because then it would 
really kind of lessen the amount of requirements it's putting on the player versus, say, a, a hard mode logic in the game. A familiar concept. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, <clears throat> so let's let's talk about some of the, I guess, like the tech stuff. Um, oh, well, before we get into that, let's talk about like history. So th- there were obviously some like alpha and beta versions of this, right? And were you were you really involved in like playtesting a lot of these or... Yeah, so the cool thing about like how Total kind of operates is when this first came out, like I guess the Discord forum, but uh, basically uh, Total just posted like some test seeds. I think it was in the Super Metroid Discord actually at first. Um, Posted five test seeds on how everything worked within the alpha. And the first seed I played, guys, literally had all my Link to the Past items that Link to the Past. <laughs> and I got Morph Ball and like Laser Bridge. And then all of a sudden I had all of SM to do looking for like one final item. And I was like, I already beat Ganon. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting, but I don't think it's really what they're going for kind of thing, right? And then was that a just a weird shuffle that you got or was it because yeah. it still needed more development? I, I oh, think wow. it was kind of a little bit of both, right? Because okay. I think at, at the other end, um, he still had something like, you know, Super Metroid items being required in, in GT, which was later kind of patched out as a kind of a balance change. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why that kind of happened. But uh, again, I think it was just kind of a fluke. <laughs> and then another one of the test seeds had Morph Ball and Pedestal. So I was like, all right, this is this is what I'm coming, this is what I'm coming <laughs> now for. Now it's right? getting so, interesting. Yeah, now it's not interesting. Yeah. So that was that was a good early taste of that. It was again, it was pretty rough around the edges on a logic base. Uh, you can tell there's definitely some biases in there. Like if you're really, you know, used to playing randomizers, you kind of pick up on those things like, hey, yeah, this always kind of happens or you know, this kind of app to happen within C gens. And then, yeah, it was, it was kind of like leaning a little bit heavy to link to the past. So, uh, through some balance changes, like I said, you know, removing Ganon's tower is like a fill for super Metroid required items kind of help balance that out a little bit. And then pretty quickly got to like a, a regular, just kind of release, um, and not really too many changes over the years, right? Like you've had, it started with like a casual and a tournament logic. So that was based on, I guess, lingo from Super Metroid's randomizer. So, um, you know, casual is like the really easy stuff. Um, you're only required to do something like uh, infinite bomb jumps, wall jumps, shine sparks. That's it. Like that's all the seed requires you to do within Super Metroid to kind of get through the seed. And then you have something a little more robust like tournament logic that's going to require you to do something like mock balls, you know, stutter, short charges for for uh, shine sparks um spring ball jumps could potentially come into come into play gravity jumps that sort of thing lava dives without gravity so uh, again just expects more of the player and it was really made in super metroid to kind of open up that game a little bit more because you know playing through super metroid you're kind of like how does a randomizer work right it's pretty locked in with its with its requirements right like you get a suit it open up an area you get gravity opens up another area oh now i have movement now i can do this kind of thing so i guess with that tournament logic and, you know, how speedrunning, I guess, has evolved and the skill set of Super Metroid players, what they're able to kind of get around with. Uh, they've kind of opened that up and said, well, yeah, now I can put like, you know, Varia in wreck ship with like no movement items required, uh, asking you to kind of continuous watch up across the moat uh, to get that. So you could go down to kind of Norfair, right? So it's just kind of cool things like that that would open up. Yeah, I'm assuming a lot of that was kind of found not just by the speedrunning community, but like with the ROM hacking community, too, because I know there's a ton of like ROM hacks out for this game uh, as far as Super Metroid goes. And like just 
some of the stuff it expects you to do. Um, you know, I guess a lot of people have have probably seen the GDQ run from Oats of uh, crap. The name's uh, escaping me. Uh, it was right before yeah, we went impossible. into yes, Super Metroid Impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of stuff you're just like, you can actually do that. Like watching that run was kind of, um, you know, I guess not my introduction, but just kind of realization of wow, you can really do a lot that I probably the devs didn't really intend for you to do. Is all of that tech from like the speed running community or has some of it been developed from the randomizer? I would say most of it is from the speed running community, just from the different, you know, styles that you can run. So 100 uh, percent really does have quite a bit of play in there, but also RBO. So that reverse boss order um, does have some of the, you know, hard mode tech, I guess you can call it, uh, incorporate with, um, you know, gravity dives or lava dives or anything like that that are possible and, and are known to be possible they've kind of included now they're not as harsh as rbo like saying hey i don't have a you know a suit going in uh through to ln or getting my very and that's it kind of thing but uh yeah it's it's a it's a tough 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 run right because you wouldn't have very until like later on in the run and you know hard, even hard mode today with an smz3 doesn't uh, doesn't expect that but but yeah for the most part it is the speed run community and because uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, Dante, there about like just Super Metroid Impossible. There's like a lot of uh, really cool kind of puzzle hacks, uh, different kind of hacks within the community. You know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but also SM uh, runs kind of puzzle races as well of like, hey, you need to kind of accomplish this puzzle. So they'll release like a set of goals for runner to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a non-randomized seed, right? But they'd be able to be tasked like, okay, you can only collect five power bomb or one power bomb pack, uh, but you can't break Meridia tube. You have to go kill Fantoon, but you can't get your gravity suit kind of thing. It's like it's like really weird stuff like that Um, that kind of like they're really keen, I guess, uh, the way to put it on, like how do they kind of get around the game? And it kind of shows in, in the logic and in the tech required. Those have been going on for quite a while, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Forever. Cause, yeah, because I remember watching one <laughs> of those shortly after the the GDQ Super Metroid four way race. Cause I was like so jazzed up and I enjoyed that so much. I was like, you know, where, where can I see more of these? And I think shortly after that was when they came out with the puzzle races. And I remember watching one of them and uh, I'm kind of surprised to hear it's still going. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh that's something that's been kind of a tradition for them. I've, I've joined one and just uh, unfortunately is a little, even too much for me. <laughs> Cause again, like some of these guys that like are in those races, they've been around the game for like a, decade plus yeah. right like in in that community in the speed run like even puzzle or tasks or whatever communities and uh they really know their stuff like inside and out right and are kind of like scholars of the game i guess you can put it mm-hmm. uh, you know like the past has it as well uh i guess with owg or no logical rule sets i guess that's a comparison but uh it's just really neat to see like what they can do with it so uh I see, you know, in our notes here, it looks like, you know, much in the same way Link to the Past Randomizer has a lot of different modes, you know, like Key Sanity and Entrance Randomizer and Triforce Hunt, you know, you name it. Uh, Does SMZ3 have different modes like that as well? So right now it's pretty limited to what it has. So it has two different uh, logic sets. So a normal and a hard mode. Uh, So a normal mode is basically your entry into SMZ3 logic, right? Again, as I called out a little bit earlier, it's basically, uh, all it means is it's regular length of the past. And for Super Metroid, all it's going to require you to do is infinite bomb jumps, wall jumps, and shine sparks. And I know that sounds 
you know, easy for me to say. Uh, I'm going to say I, Infinite Bomb Zones took me a while to learn. Like it's a very, very tricky kind of tech to learn, but it's very vital to kind of learn, right? Because it's it's kind of like the most basic thing to learn, but it's going to help you in so many different uh, areas of the game. I even remember like when I started out, guys, like when I uh, <laughs> when I started doing this, I was using kind of turbo to kind of help me out, right? With the IBJs, like I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> if I was in a race and it had to happen, I would literally pull out the turbo controller forfeit and then just finish the seat <laughs> so, so i can get through because i'm like i can't do this all right well let's kind of practice this later get through the seat just because i'm still learning things out but uh but yeah it, again it, it's pretty it's a pretty uh daunting kind of tech to learn but once you get it down like the rhythm and everything like that it's pretty cool and then you get into the, like the hard mode right where it's just it really kind of turns it on its head it expects to do a lot more within Super Metroid. I can spend probably, you know, an hour talking about what it can can uh, get you to do. There's some really great resources out there, like, say, Wild Anaconda's tutorial uh, or introductory to, like, SMC3 Logic. It's an older version of Logic, but it's still really applicable, still teaches you a ton about the game and, like, kind of how you can get around certain situations, like not having gravity for Meridia, right? Uh, or very for Norfair and just kind of teaches you kind of how to prepare for that and do like the different texts and everything like that to get through the game uh, Where like say, you know, Brinstar Reserve. How do I get, you know, through Brinstar Reserve without speed? Which is kind of normal required in, in vanilla and he teaches you kind of how to do that that mock ball Through the uh, the crumble bridge there to get through right? So it's kind of neat stuff like that that can kind of uh, get you going and then uh, there's key sanity, right? Like uh, that's kind of the newest addition um it's a, it kind of it's a really neat twist to it where it has you know link to the past key sanity that you're used to with the big and small keys shuffle the maps compass is shuffled but now has inclusions of uh key cards within super metroid so what that means is is that you have your boss key cards so they open up the boss doors instead of the Ghidorahs, those eyeball doors that you normally see in vanilla and uh you'd have different segments of super metroid kind of split up and lock behind these key cards and it adds kind of a really neat twist and and strategy and element to it uh i'm also going to call it that really lengthens the seat <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it, it's a lot longer Sounds like and, a solid and, afternoon yeah i'm, I'm going to say it's a little frustrating to race in my experience like i know alu uh bless his soul he uh he loves uh racing it and he'll ping me from time to time like hey let's race keys I'm like Hey, let's not. Like, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, how much on, time are we talking here? Oh, I, you know, I, I have the, I think I've still the best time. It's like a three Oh two or something like that. in, in keys okay. and you know, a normal SMZ three seed could be anywhere between like two fifteen average to a three hour. Mm -hmm. And then I've had it go all the way up to like four, four and a bit hours, just depending on how bad the, the logic uh, throws you through a loop. It like literally can make you, hundo the games and you never thought you'd have to hundo and it could get a little frustrating but you know what that's that's keys keys can do that to you as well and normal link to the past so this key card thing i think this is really cool so are these like items thrown into the mix that yep. unlock so essentially it's like adding new uh item requirement barriers to the game exactly right and it's it really makes you think on like how you can kind of approach a seed because, you know, Total is really smart. So how he kind of approached it was he had some of the starting areas kind of opened up without the key cards, but then he locked stuff like, say, the Etikun area. You know, those little green guys that would teach you how to wall jump? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in, yeah. So, in like that green Brinstar area. So you'd have that locked behind uh, a key card, right? 
but your Bruin Reserve area, the one I was talking about where you can mock ball through or you use speed through, that's unlocked. It doesn't require a key card. So he kind of has that where it gives you kind of enough of the game to kind of explore without kind of locking it up tight. So it's not just all linked to the past all day for like an hour and a half. And then, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stumble into SM now kind of thing. Mm. So it can really make you explore that. It can definitely make you re-explore areas. <laughs> it can make you for it can actually force you to do sports bomb the vanilla way, which I think is is one of the hilarious quirks of it because you know everyone skips sports bomb in both the speed run and uh, and in in randomizer because you can do that kind of neat little super block trick, and uh, <laughs> it can actually require you to do if you have that Brin Star Bosky right leading to a required item or a key card. So it's pretty neat. Wow. That is super cool. And when did that sound? It sounds like from the way you're talking, that's somewhat new. Yeah. So it's about uh, almost a year old now. God, time flies, okay. right? But uh, sure. I think it's been about a year since its release. Um, lots of testing to that one just because, you know, we had some, uh, I guess, a lot of good in-depth conversation about it. And the playtesters have just like, you know what, like, how open do we want Super Metroid 2? Because there's a lot of stuff that you can get around in Super Metroid, guys. Like, really crazy stuff that could be allowed, like, say, Gmo through LN. Or uh, Astro kind of uh, showed us in one race where he, like, killed us by, like, 45 minutes. We're like, how the heck do you do that? And then he, like, ended up, like, kind of ice clipping, ice wave clipping through a gray door that we never knew existed. We're like... Oh, wow. Yeah, let's lock that up, please. <laughs> wow. <laughs> basically, okay. Yeah, like it's it's crazy kind of stuff, right? So we kind of designed the doors in a way that we kind of, you know, we get it. You know, you can do that, but we're going to lock up these doors. so You can't really get through that way. And it, it kind of helps protect those uh, those key cards. Right. And in, mm. uh, you know, giving them value rather than just I know SM so I can just get around keys. Right. Yeah. That's uh, we were kind of just talking about that a few episodes ago about how to, you know, develop the game, but also balance around difficulty. Right. Because you you we all kind of want this true randomization because that's really where the fun comes from a randomizer like this. But when you start requiring things that are too hard, you know, that only a select few people can do it starts to raise questions and conversation not to have that conversation again. But do you guys have kind of like a guiding principle of how you make those decisions? I think it's just a really good core group of, uh, you know, runners that kind of are in that room and we just kind of take a look at it and say, all right, what's working, what's not. I remember us having like a really good conversation about that. And we're like forward thinking to, you know what, what happens if this goes competitive? What happens if it picks up and, and people want to run it? Right. So we're kind of thinking in the head of, you know, total doesn't have a lot of bandwidth. Uh, in general with the SMZ3, right? And it's like, he's not going to have time to patch everything in and, and change things. So let's think of it now uh, as a guiding principle, I guess you can say, and be like, let's have this conversation now and say, do we think we want this where you can have maybe five people in the community that can do it? And if it gets to a tournament or a race and then like they're just going to win or do we want to kind of have it so that, you know, you kind of, again, maintain that that value on on the key system and kind of protect that. And while I think it's really cool and it's like a special skill set that I really admire that they can do, I think it can get into those kind of situations where you're just like, well, now you're talking about, do I want to create like different rule sets within, within the mode, right? So you kind of, I guess if you can within that development cycle, kind of head those off at the pass 
rather than have like all these different rules and side rules kind of guide you, right? Because now it's just yeah. like the keys are basically telling you you can't do it and the doors are telling you, yeah, there's no tech that can get you through there. It's, it's not possible, right? So I think that's kind of the way we approached it. I think with the final product, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's smart to think about it, you know, competitively from the get go, even though it's not at that stage yet. That, that seems like a good way to to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, do we want to get into, uh, you know, like I said, the, our, our audience is a link to the past randomizer players. So let's say somebody uh, plays a link to the past randomizer, but they, they want to dip their toes into SMZ3. Um, what kind of things would you advise them to do? So I guess the first thing to do is this is what I did was I actually played a Super Metroid randomizer, right? Mm. And I, I I won't suggest to do tournament mode like I did. Remember how I said like I started out with <laughs> having to do wreck ship early with low gear and just four reserves, no E tanks, no anything. And I'm just, you know, getting my butt handed me by Fantoon. Um, <laughs> start with like those those normal or casual logics and just kind of learn the game that way. Uh, again, I, I know that some people are more, you know, comfortable with a randomizer than say the base game because it can either be more difficult or not fun or enjoyable. I I understand and get that. So I would say, you know what, just maybe start with like a, a casual or normal randomizer on that. And uh, they can go from there to kind of learn like how the game's going to kind of operate and what it can kind of require you to do. Uh, and then from there, maybe start out with like an SM uh, Z3 kind of casual seed. Uh, one thing I will also call out, one thing that really helped me kind of learn and understand that logic and like, hey, how can this work is really kind of lean on those map trackers that are out there. Right. So they're like really vital tools for for learning uh, and I'll advocate them for for learning until like I'm I'm gone from both communities kind of thing. Right. And uh, I don't like using them kind of competitively, but, uh, you know, for a learning tool, they're like invaluable because now it's like, hey. Uh, I'm stuck. How do I get through here? And it kind of takes away that frustration says, well, I have this green square here. How can I get there? And then you kind of get the wheels turning and you kind of figure things out by either like doing a little bit more research if you need to, like say IBJ or even maybe a shine spark can get you there kind of thing. Right. So it's kind of, it, it's kind of cool because it can kind of hold your hand there and, uh, and kind of teach you through there. That was, yeah. that was definitely something that happened with me. Like the first time I played SMZ three, um, I don't remember the logic that came up. I just remember I had all of a sudden Meridia was lit up green. Uh, and I, I think it was it had to do with, uh, you know, kind of going in the back door. But I was like, how am I like I was in the discord, like asking people. And I'm like, look, this is my loadout. How am I supposed to get here? And of course, I got some some snarky answers. But of course, then I got some, uh, you know, actual helpful ones. And finally, I figured out how to get there. The problem ended up being for me, uh, just being very not familiar with like 100%ing the game. Um, it was in sand pits and I'm like, how, how am I supposed to get, get here? Like, what is this? So like I was in rooms like shooting walls and I'm like, I can't believe I forgot this much of the game since, you know, playing it, uh, you know, as a kid or whatever and hundoing it. But, um, but yeah, like it, it's, it's really, I guess like if you're, if you're like me and you're coming from, I've played a lot of link to the past, but I really like super Metroid, but I haven't played it anywhere near as much. The map tracker definitely is something I would, you know, recommend for, for the learning aspect, just because there's going to be things that come up and you're just like, how am I supposed to do it? So, um, and I guess, you know, the discord, I, I, I think that's a good place to go, you know, ask for help too. Uh, they, they have like a help channel for it. I think unless they got rid of it. 
Hmm. No, it should, they should still have that. But yeah, no, that's a great call out. The help channel and the Discord are another good resource and tool available for the players. And I called out and shouted out uh, Wild Anaconda 69's, um, you know, tutorial that he has. Again, it's invaluable. So like if anyone's like mm -hmm. really serious about like picking up and kind of getting into that hard mode logic or even just the competitive base, that's like the first thing I would show people is like, you know what, just watch this video. It's like an hour long hour plus long but it's got so much so much good knowledge and and really well developed and taught by by well within his experience of sm just to kind of help guide the player to these are like the scenarios that you might need to use these in this is how you can get through and even caters it to smz3 within the warps right so like in those situations like hey I, maybe i need to go through that meridia uh warp uh from link to the past in meridia to get to certain locations he kind of calls out and kind of learns those as well I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but uh, we will definitely put links in the description of this episode, um, certainly to uh, Wild Anaconda 69's logic tutorial that you've mentioned a few times. And uh, I'll also um, after we're done here, I'll I'll have you shoot me some more links and we'll we'll put them all in there. So um, if you are somebody who's looking to get into SMZ three and you've only played links to past randomizer, definitely check the description. We'll we'll point you in the right direction. By the way, the website for this Samus link maybe one of the the best urls i've ever heard in my life for for this sort of thing so yeah. a funny funny thing about that one was i actually didn't pick up on the joke initially <laughs> 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 yeah i'm just like oh, all right it's just damn not like that's the website right and i didn't really think about it until like a month later i'm like oh that's pretty clever <laughs> yeah whoever came up with that i i, I just uh, so much respect absolutely incredible um, I do want to backtrack just so so we can kind of clarify a couple things. You've mentioned uh, with SMZ3, we've got normal and hard logic. Uh, and you've also mentioned with the SM randomizer, there's casual versus tournament logic. Is it is it a safe assumption to say that normal SMZ3 logic is the equivalent of like this casual SM logic? And then the hard mode of SMZ3 right now, if you generate a seed, is the equivalent of the, the tournament logic? So I would say normal mode is kind of an equivalent to the casual logic. Uh, I would not say that tournament is an equivalent to hard mode just because uh, that used to be how it was uh, in the earlier days of SMZ3. And uh -huh. then, you know, total working with wild have kind of amped that up, uh, <laughs> turned oh, okay. up the dial to 11, right? So it made it like harder. So stuff like, oh man, what was a good one? Something like, I guess they dialed this back, but they were looking at, you know, getting the shack tool with just ice. So having that ice clip in there uh, was something that they considered right and, and had taken out. But things like, you know, high jumpless lava dive. Um, oh, man. Lord, what else is there? Uh, screw attack only bomb blocks in Bryn Reserve with just Morphin screw attack. So to be able to get a required item there, that's a scary one um the, the short stutter to get through uh pantry uh at indiana jones pantry you know like you know in vanilla how you have those kind of rippers are there that you kind of grapple so that's mm -hmm. in logic as well which i hate but it's a vanilla mechanic so i can't really hate them for it mm. but they also could have like speed only doing a stutter three through that doorway to get to that item and it's just like it's really crazy hard see and this, we've had races where that's involved and just had like three-fourths of the room kind of forfeit to it kind <laughs> of thing this is where like my eyes glaze over a little bit uh you know with, with link to the past we have things like the ice tea room uh and you know stuff that is very uh 
I guess descriptive based on how you see it on the screen. And then, and then like super Metroid has, you know, Billy May's room. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it took me a while to learn what that was. Um, but it goes back to that long history, you know, like <laughs> right. they've, just, they've been around longer to come up with like sillier names. So, I don't know, right. but yeah, they so also I have, have significantly more stuff to name. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's, uh, what is pantry? Because I actually am trying, I'm blanking on that one. So I, I don't know the actual story behind it, but I guess my visualization is that it's just like a, a tall cover at the top, right? It has the item. Like, you know, the cookie jar at the, at the top shelf. That's the, that's Indiana sure. Jones pantry kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess the Indiana Jones aspects comes in there because of the, the grapple, uh, with those rippers, you have to like swing across to get to that. So. It's kind with of the whip. A, yeah, with the whip, gotcha. which is kind of a yeah. neat little adage there. I think that's why they name it. There's a lot of cool names within that game. Uh, they're that definitely, tracks. I feel, more creative than Link to the Past. You know, Andy's claim to fame is petting zoo. He's like, that's the that's the best name in Link to the Past. And I named it kind of story for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like Link to the Past doesn't have that many. And you're right. There's just a lot of descriptive ones. But then there's like non-descriptive ones, I guess, like K45. We're just like yeah. used to that name. Yeah, yeah, because that's how it was in the spoiler log, but it's not like a name that we gave it to be descriptive kind of thing, but just out yeah, of necessity. When, when you were going over all the terms, I was trying to figure out if Super Metroid really is that inscrutable or if like that's what we sound like when we talk about <laughs> ALTTPR, you know, like if it's, it's just different. It's not worse. It's just different. Yeah, I guess I'll quiz you guys now. Where do you think the John Cena bridges? Dancing that's going to be one. one that you can't well that's a question is it one that disappears or is it one that you can't see it should be one you that can't you can't see, see it. Right? oh yeah you I know where that is it. yeah <laughs> it's right before Billy Mays that's the best part <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. and, and where did Billy Mays come from because I hadn't, I hadn't heard that one before um, but wait there's more oh, so there's okay. one item and then there's that shop block at the oh. bottom of the pedestal <laughs> that has the second item oh that's incredible i love that yeah so again there's like a lot of cool uh neat names and of course they just go to like worst room in the game because yeah. <laughs> it literally is the worst room yeah. in the game it, i think i room. called something else the worst yeah i think it's i called something awful. else the worst room in the game i don't remember mm. which one it was but that one's pretty bad like it's it's pretty rough around the edges you know there also a there. spiky room of death or something along those lines yeah spiky room of death uh god there's so many cool creative names like wasteland aqueducts coliseum coliseum cathedral like there's so many cool descriptive names like cathedral for example you know that little item that's in the lava you're going through the top end of norfair you're getting the bubble mountain you don't have speed um it has like all these kind of pointy jagged rocks it kind of looks like a, a church pew yeah that's the cathedral there right so Again, they're very, the room names are like more descriptive to what the room looks like or approaches. And then there's just some meme ones, like again, like Billy Mace. <laughs> the, one that, there. the one that always stuck with me, I think they said this in the commentary uh, for that GDQ four way race in 2013, but not for a room, but for a technique. There was the, the halfy that like helps you get across half of a room. Yep. And then they found there's a way to do it uh, full. So now it's called the full halfy or <laughs> yep. something like that. Yep. Yeah. Full halfy. That's a yeah. that's a really neat trick. Very, very specific uh, inputs required. Uh, four to five wall jumps with a charge shine spark up this piping system. And then like you have to like run through the door. So that was like how they got to the full half is you have to actually go through the door first and then execute the shine through like a small jump. And you literally have frames to work with. Whereas the half is kind of like 
this is how we thought it was, uh, you know, what was possible to get like halfway through the room. That's why they called it the halfy. And then now it's just the full halfy. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just call it the fully, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't sound as good. Yeah. Oh, that's the full half. You, you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. excuse me? <laughs> Definitely has a skateboarding trick energy yeah. to it for yeah. a name. Um, I do, uh, so, I do want to also yeah, say this, ahead. like just backtracking to one more thing. Uh, you mentioned playing like just Super Metroid Randomizer all by itself. And I know that is not available at Samus.link. Um, I, I don't, I think it's the Varia Randomizer is kind of the, the one a lot of people are using these days. I could be wrong. Um, but if that's the case, I know they have multiple styles of logic. So what would be what would be like for the casual listener wanting to just do an SM randomizer to, you know, try to get their feet wet? Um, what, what kind of logic besides normal? Is there like a preset they should select um, if, if using that Varia randomizer by chance? Yeah, so the Varia randomizer has like a really extensive suite of customization options, Nancy. I'm not sure if you've used that one. Um, it's been well, a while. It's they got so many options on there, so it can get a little daunting. Uh, they have kind of, a, I think, a simplistic view and a very more advanced customizable view. But I would just try to lean to anything that's like more beginner or casual or normal oriented. Uh, and then if you want to kind of get into the uh, the thick of things, you can pick something like a speed run kind of difficulty there. And again, you can customize so much with that randomizer. It's kind of crazy. Um, I also want to call out that there's like a lot of different Super Metroid randomizers out there. Uh, some that are a little more dated, like Total's randomizer. That's the one I actually use just because, you know, it was Total's randomizer and logic that he kind of worked around for SMZ3. And that's kind of the one I wanted to learn. So that one still has the casual and the tournament logic. So it's more... I. I I don't want to say it's more applicable, but I think it would be more friendly to use that one. Okay. Um, I, I don't have the links offhand off on my on the top of my head, but uh, they're just kind of still out there. But either or would still kind of be great. And again, that Varier randomizer is just a more up-to-date, complete suite with like sprite customization options, palette options, uh, difficulties, ammo, differentials, that sort of thing. You name it, you can do it kind of thing with that thing. So yeah, yeah, I think I'm on the, the Varia randomizer site now. And if you click the advanced view, there's more toggles than I ever thought could exist on a Super Nintendo <laughs> game. Uh, so yeah. that's definitely something that could be very daunting. Yeah, it's that's funny. F. Coughlin said the same thing when we had him on to talk about Zelda one randomizer. <laughs> how, you know, it's, it's tempting to like make everything customizable, but. It's also kind of good to guide people, you know, who have no idea what any of it is. Like, what what do I do first? So that was, that's a good question. Um, so at, at this point, I think you've you've taught us everything there is to know about SMZ3. So I'm feeling like it's time for me to get competitive and start racing. Um, so maybe let's let's shift to kind of talking about competitive SMZ3. Uh, we will talk about, you know, how to get involved with the racing community. But let's let's back up and talk about uh, I, I went through and tried to find like all the challenges of past SMZ3 tournaments that I could. And I've, and I've got them here. And you've confirmed that this this seems like a fairly complete list. Um, so maybe let's talk about the, the first one. So there was this 2018 Super Metroid, a link to the past randomizer tournament, TGRC. Um, were you involved in that tournament in any way? Oh, yeah. That was uh, an interesting tournament uh, just because it was done. In, it was kind of the first tournament that was out there. So it was cool. Uh, you know, we had some real good uh, SM vets like uh, Lexo in there and Zos were in there. 
Uh, I think Oats was in that one as well, right? But uh, really cool kind of uh, first approach onto the onto the tournament scene. Uh, but it was kind of a, I guess, a controversial one, right? Because SMZ3 was kind of going through the transition between Logics at the time. And they had a casual in the tournament one that, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And then they were switching to the normal and hard mode that we know today. So the tournament was under under tournament mode, which was kind of fine race. Uh, but then they got into hard mode, which was not oh. really built for competition mm. in, in racing, right? So it, it literally said, all right, yeah, you know, you're a speedrunner for Supermetric, great. Here's all this extra tech you probably didn't know that you need to do now. And we actually <laughs> had some dropouts from the tournament mm. because of it, right? And, uh, you know... I understood that, but I just kind of took it as a learning experience. I'm like, I have to learn this stuff sooner or later. And you know, it's probably gonna help me down the road, which it has in normal mode. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, I made it into bracket stage where I got zosted. I got so first round and <laughs> just kind of took me to the, the woodshed. I was still kind of learning SM and that's definitely where he kind of leaned into me. Right. So, you know, world record holder, no big deal. Just kind of cruises through super veteran. I'm kind of <laughs> slogging through. I catch mm. up and link to the past, right? But uh, it only helps so much. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had that one in 2018. And then another one, I assume, kind of later on in 2018. Yep. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that one. So that was the, S- uh, the SG one, not SG Live, but just an SG organized one. That was using the normal mode logic. So, you know, some people that weren't happy with the hard mode logic definitely came from the normal mode uh, in the tournament there. Um, you know, I think is the real first good test for competitive and everything like that. Uh, kind of some heartbreak in that tournament for me personally. You know, I was undefeated up until running into Andy in the uh, in the semis, and then he kind of reverse swept me, and uh, that kind of <laughs> that was kind of a dark time for me competitively at that point. But but then like, he he went on to sweep uh, OS one hundred one after that. So yeah, he, can't feel too bad. He he definitely showed up for brackets. Yeah, he kind of he kind of crushed Aussie, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd be able to do that to him now uh, with how Aussie is kind of uh, grown as a runner. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's just like yeah. I'd be soul ski. Yeah, the rest of this is free, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's top force. That that was a huge improvement from the, the yeah. tournament earlier that year. Uh, and then in 2018, we have our first 2v2 co-op tourney, yeah. um, which has continued since then. How does 2v2 co-op work in SMZ3? So it's a really cool spin on how the game works. So I think a big right. Uh, and again, Dante, with your experience, maybe you can lean into this a little bit more. But um, a big gripe with SMZ3 is just how like large the randomizer is, right? Like it takes an average of, you know, anywhere between two and three hours to, to it's finish. It's long. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the seeds can get really frustrating, right? Like you can put some stuff, some really obnoxious stuff in front of you that just really lengthens it. 2v2 kind of cuts that out, right? Because now you're like splitting it out. And because you have two games to work with and because you have so much game in general just to work with, it adds like an extra layer of like, I don't want to say complexity to scare people away from it because I think it's like a really great way to approach it, but it adds a lot of strategy and kind of challenge to it to be able to balance off your teammate and say, hey, we need to work within as a unit, right? And uh, within communication, hey, we need to check this. We haven't checked this area. You know, it's kind of like Link to the Past, how they have kind of co-op. Those are pretty quick, though. In SMZ3, it's still around a a two-hour adventure kind of thing, but you're just kind of able to knock down the seed. 
And typically you'll actually have lower gear sets. Like, you know, one runner would have charge, one runner would have supers kind of thing. Um, but it's really, again, a really neat uh, spin on how the competitive scene has kind of evolved. And like you mentioned, it was the first one. It did come back. And, uh, you know, a lot of people love that format. A lot of people want to see it continue just because of how fun mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, that's cool. That it, it kind of evolved as a way to like, we need to divide and conquer and beat this game a little bit faster. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 2019, actually, no uh, official SMZ three tournaments that I could find. I think people were too busy with multi-world at the time. It just got released. So fair <laughs> that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we did have two in 2018 and then also there was two in 2020. So we made up for it on, on the front and back ends of it. For sure. Yeah. Um, so in 2020, there was an invitational tourney. I understand this wasn't on challenge and I only know about this because uh, Dante told me about it when we were planning for the episode, but uh, apparently this was one where you, you put up some of the prize money. Yeah, I put up all the the prize money for that one. So $250 US. So $250 US, it was an invitational tournament. It's something that I haven't seen in like a lot of the randomizer communities. So I just kind of wanted to hop on that while it was kind of fresh in my mind and just kind of wanted to explore, you know, a really quick shotgun style tournament where it's like, you know, we have everyone together. We're all locked in. Uh, I handpicked the runners I want in the event. Um, it's going to be eight players within a bracket style system. I want to have it done in two days kind of thing within production. Mm. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty long two days. Uh, but it was uh, a lot of good races, a lot of good content. And, uh, it was a really neat and fun experience. Just kind of see how competitive, uh, can work in a short format like that. And, you know, uh, Herf and Dante being both admins and players, um, of link to the past tournaments and Tim, I, I know you've been in tournaments as well. Mm. Uh, how like they could just drag and drag and drag. Right? Yes. Like you have your, your qualifiers, <laughs> right. To God, seed. Yes. And then you have your groups and then you have your, 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 uh, your brackets or Swiss. Right. And it's just, it takes months. Right. And then I get to brackets and I lose like first round. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I'm going to cut that all out. I'm going to handpick who I want in there and just put on a really good show. I was actually able to get wild Anaconda, uh, to come back. Uh, he was kind of retired for a bit from like the competitive scene. He came back for this tournament. So that was a really, really neat and, and kind of special, um, acquisition, right. Uh, to kind of get back into the scene and kind of give again, a little bit more luster to that tournament. Right. So, uh, Aussie ended up taking that one in a, uh, a heated best of three with Asder. Um, I'm not going to say it was kind of messy rando because uh, those two play loose and fast and they definitely got handed to them by the seeds. <laughs> they kind of dragged out a little bit, but uh, I'll never forget. And Andy, Andy will bring this up a lot is that seed where Asder literally didn't touch SM and then found go morph on, on pyramid. Right. And Andy did like all of us. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, really, really cool format. Uh, I'm definitely looking to maybe do another one of those. I guess we could talk a little bit about that later. Um, but just a really cool special event. Again, I don't think anyone's kind of approached it since. And yeah. I feel like I'm definitely going to keep going, keep that going if I can. Yeah. That's uh, it's really cool. I mean, I, I love to see in this community um, and I guess really in any community when somebody wants to see something happen. So they're just like, I'm going to do it. They just do it. So I I think that's super cool. Uh, Later on in 2020, um, there was the one V one spring tournament. And I'm sure you probably have some pretty fond memories of that tournament experience. Yup. 
Yeah, took <laughs> home the dub on that one. That was my first tournament win. Uh, I feel like great. I should congratulate you, even though it was like over a year ago. <laughs> no, it, you know, I again just getting the first one out of the way. Uh, I never thought I would win a tournament in any kind of like randomizer or any kind of game. So it was like my first big win and it was like definitely something special. Very really cool. cool. And then uh, uh, 2020, we saw SMZ3 for SGL Live. Um, so, yeah. Were you uh, involved in that one? Yeah, I was involved in there. I think I was just shy of the money in that one, actually. Yes. Um, yeah. Top 16. Yeah. Maniacal finally finally took eight, out of me. yep yep yeah yeah Excellent. it was the first one i didn't win money out of in all the smz3 cash tournaments so i was like <laughs> sad but no. um, and then most recently we had uh as we were talking about the 2v2 co-op from before came back in 2021 um this just uh wrapped up this okay it was this summer uh that this wrapped up uh and you and your teammate uh won this one as well so congratulations yeah Aussie 101 and I uh, took home the cup. Pretty unfair matchup. I was about to say, who carried who in that one? Uh, you know what? Like, I, I had all the jokes of like, oh, Aussie's just going to hard carry me. So that was kind of like, you know, if that's their mindset and they just think I'm free, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, it really, again, I'm, I'm going to lean on this. A lot of people love the 2v2 formats. Very... I want to say chill up until maybe the final stages. Maybe we're getting a little antsy, right? Because we're getting close to it. Uh, but fun format. Uh, it's really fun playing with a partner in this game. And uh, it's just, uh, it's really enjoyable. So earlier you hinted at uh, maybe doing uh, another invitational tourney. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'm kind of in, I guess, because I've we alluded to it a little bit earlier. So I am in like the planning phase for the next one. Uh, it's really non-committal. Uh, I need to take a look at a lot of logistics behind it. Uh, there's a lot of background work that has to come into something like that where I kind of pre-select runners. Um, you know, not just from an availability standpoint is like, okay, how do I want the tournament run? What are the rules going to be? Uh, how am I going to get the money together, right? Like, how am I going to explain to the wife, hey, I'm going to spend another 250 <laughs> to $500 uh, to just give to some nerds on the internet, right? So it's it's one of those things where I have to kind of go through the motions and uh, and just do a lot of prep and planning before I kind of get into committals. Uh, but I've done some initial discussions with uh, Synac. Actually, we're playing Diablo 2, uh, the new one, right? And we were, uh, I was kind of sharing some of my... Uh, my direction. I have a couple of different formats I want to explore, but one in particular he like really liked. He's like, yeah, I can get Sashbot to work for that. So that's kind of like some of the logistical work, right? To to make it work. Um, it's something we might have seen before, but it's a different kind of spin on how it's been handled in tournaments. I think if we if I approach it the right way, it's gonna be really neat and pretty special product. So I'm really Looking forward to kind of unveiling that in the next couple of months if I decide to kind of go through with it and uh, hope to have a really exciting event. On top of that, I kind of want to play in this one because I just like it so much. So <laughs> last one I didn't play in, I just kind of admin this one. I'm going to try and do both. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of cheesy to play for your own money, but uh, I'm kind of more it's for like, the fun. It's like uh, that old show, Win Ben Stein's Money, you know, <laughs> where it's like you have to you have to play against him to get his money. That's that's your that's who you are in this situation. I, I think I'm going to use that as the logo. I'm, I'm just going to like look at Ben Stein's Win Money's logo and just make it with like my picture instead. Right. Win Solsky's money. Yep. <laughs> He's going to do everything in his power to keep you from getting it. But yep. if you can best him in SMZ3, please do that. I, I need that logo. 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, so the, I guess to round out the discussion about competitive SMZ3, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned that uh, 2v2 co-op is a great way to kind of get in to the community. Um, you know, we've talked about starting kind of an, as a more casual runner and then, you know, waiting until you kind of go on to the, the harder logics and getting into tournaments. Um, do you have any other advice for somebody looking to get into SMZ3 competitively? Yeah, it's just like the kind of the fundamentals and the ABCs of like kind of any randomizer, right? Is just learn the logics. Uh, and I say logics just because I, I get it. Like if you're looking to get in competitively, you know, it's only normal mode, but I would also learn hard mode because it's just going to teach you so much about Super Metroid and what you can do with it, what you can kind of get around breaking. Uh, more importantly, how much slower, right, some brace can be. Uh, you know, you might think, Hey, I, I have all this hard mode knowledge. I'm going to, I'm going to tear up normal mode. And then you do like a suitless Meridia. It takes like an extra eight minutes on top of your, your normal time, right. To kind of accomplish. So it really just kind of instructs you on how the game works, what you can kind of do with it in that game world, uh, within the application of SMZ three and kind of just like maneuver you through. So I would definitely suggest that, uh, again, hone your hard mode tech. Uh, another suggestion I have is just like watch bracket stage SMZ threes and maybe yeah. even the high level ones, right? Just to kind of see how runners have their decision making. I know I had a, a kind of a joke uh, note in our, our forum earlier today about like, you know, gamblers need not apply from a link to the past because <laughs> it's yeah. such a, a <laughs> such a cutthroat game with a hundred plus item locations in there, right? It's it's really hard to kind of get picky and choosy with your location. It more leans on, you know what, what's the sharpest way I can kind of, you know clear the sea, right? I'm not talking about like hundo all day. I'm more talking about like what's, how is my decision making kind of going to impact my playthrough, right? So uh, there's that and there's like tons of other channels out there, right? Like there's there's Aussie, Asder, uh, you know, Polar Bear Bunny, Apathy Duck, Niagel Hitaka, you know, Zemt. So many guys, Farflu, so many guys out there that are just like really, really good top runners and it's like, there's so many good, um, again, just media pieces on Twitch. Uh, and you know, Wild's uh, tutorial Alu plays uh, Alucard 2004 plays from time mm -hmm. to time, right? There's just so many ways you can learn the by by viewing on how they kind of handle it too, just to kind of help you out. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, I think we're kind of at the end of our our conversation here, but uh, I'll just kind of leave the floor open and say if anybody else has any final thoughts on uh, SMZ, especially Solsky, then this is this is a, the time to get it off your chest, as it were. I think it might be smart to ask this question um, because I've not really I, I, I kind of know, but I, I think maybe some other folks may not. Um, how, what are the like with competitive? What are the rule sets? So like, do they follow what were you for the link to the past rule sets? I guess uh, like if what's allowed, what's like allowed tech versus disallowed tech. Do they kind of follow what ALTTPR you know sets forth uh, for tournaments, or does it differ in any way, um, or is it kind of just the same? Dante wants to know if his jurisdiction uh, reaches to the <laughs> SMC three world. Far enough. <laughs> I'm going to empower you, Dante, and I'm going to say that within the sages of the you know admin tournament uh, staff and the moderators uh, follow the rulings of both games. So it, it includes the rule sets for Super Metroid and its randomizers. It also follows Link to the Past and its current rule sets. So stuff like Icebreaker and um, you know Harapot, for example, uh, they were kind of closely followed. And once you guys kind of allowed that. That was included and allowed into SMZ3. So, uh, you know, the voice call ruling that was recent 
that's another thing. You know, I don't think that was an issue in, in that game, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where we're going to follow it as well. Uh, and that's just kind of the, the, it's like the unwritten rule, but it's the written rule, I guess you can say, but that's how we follow it. So yeah. I mean, um, thanks and, for doing our work for us, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't make super Metroid rules, so you know, I, I right. guess I guess there's the uh, the SM Council, and they can they can have that job. Uh, no one no one else from from ALTTPR needs that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you really sad. Say there isn't a council, and they just they're like the Wild West over there. They're like you know stuff like G modes allowed in that randomizer, so. It's, it's crazy like what's allowed in that game versus like what's allowed in Link to the Past if you kind of think about it like you're like that's OWG that's glitching why are they clipping through well yeah it's allowed so <laughs> it's pretty crazy how kind of loose and, and liberal they are with it and like how you guys are like very methodical it's kind of a kind of a clash but I, again it works I think so yeah all right well Solsky thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and talking to us about uh, SMZ3 we're gonna wrap the show up here and do some shout outs maybe answer a question or two do you want to hang around uh sure all right let's go okay so we didn't get any fetch questions this time so oh crap when I wrote this outline I said I was gonna um come up with a question I wish I had done that or at least I wish I had remembered <laughs> that I said I was gonna do that okay I Okay, actually, you know what? I got one. Okay, I have a question for you guys. What is your favorite video game movie? Um, I will start to give you guys some time to think. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Mortal Kombat. That is just a super fun movie. Which I think one? They did a great job. The first one, uh, the the '90s one. Although I will say, I did see the one that came out. What was that? 2020 mm-hmm. or 2021? Yeah. Uh, that that was a great movie too. I, I liked it. But uh, my my official answer is the first Mortal Kombat movie. Um, saw it as a kid, loved it. Have rewatched it since. I'd say it holds up. Um, I, it's not like the best movie ever made, but I would say it's the best video game movie. I'll uh, mm. I'll have to say that probably, and I'll probably get some hate for this. Um, I, I enjoyed watching. I'm not going to say it was video game accurate per se, but I did enjoy watching the Resident Evil movie series. Um, that used to be like every time yeah. they'd make a new one, I'm like, all right, cool, we get to see some weird stuff that's not video <laughs> game related, but I'm I'm for it. So uh, that was that was something I enjoyed watching uh, when they were making those with um. Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Right. Yep, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Those are good movies. Um, I don't know. Solsky, do you have anything? Yeah. My, uh, my joke answer is going to be angry birds. Uh, great, <laughs> great video game. See, that's my problem. I have so many troll answers, but I don't have a single serious answer. I just hope my wife doesn't listen to this because I think she actually liked those movies. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna echo Dante and say the Resident Evil, specifically more the first one. Uh, I really enjoyed. I thought that was like really cool. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't a big Resident Evil guy. Like, I didn't play any of the games. I knew they existed. I watched a, a couple of playthroughs, but uh, the movie was uh, was pretty neat. Really enjoyed it. The first one. Mm-hmm. I guess the other ones were... They kind of went off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very uh, slightly. Uh, well, I guess, you know, for a, <laughs> for a joke answer, I'm going to say any of the Uwe Ball movies, like uh, Blood uh, Rain uh-oh. or Alone in the Dark or uh, what's the other one? Dead or Alive. What else did he make? House of the Dead, where, like, the cuts in the movie are just intercut with, like, scenes from the game for two seconds and nobody knows what the... 
fuck's going on? <laughs> so uh, those are my joke answer. But for an for a serious answer that hasn't been mentioned yet, I kind of enjoyed the first Silent Hill movie. It wasn't like oh, super yeah. accurate and everything, but I thought they they did a pretty good job with like the atmosphere and everything. Yeah, they they got they got the important stuff right. Yeah, you know, with like for the, the, the most vibe. part. Yeah, I like that one too. That was good. All right. Well, thanks for playing along, everybody. That was a, a fun walk down memory lane. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess this is the part where I normally do like wrap up type stuff. So I'll, I guess I'll just say if you want to email us, you can do so by sending an email to email at gomodepodcast.com. You can also check out our discord. We're also on Twitter at gomodepodcast. Um, you know, all the usual stuff. Uh, so typically at this point, we go around and we all uh, say our Twitch and then we give a recommendation, just something that we've been into lately. We want to tell folks about. So I'll start us off by saying you can watch me write music and occasionally play rando at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. And um, I know this is kind of a recycled wreck, but I just watched Dune last night uh, and I really liked it. I was I was I really dug it. Um, it's a good movie. I thought it was very well shot. Cool story. Really excited for part two. So I'm going to echo Herf's recommendation from a few weeks ago and say, I, I also recommend folks check out Dune if you ha- can get an HBO Max login. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my recommendation. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go next. You can maybe sometimes see me at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy. Um, my timing on this recommendation is kind of weird as well, because I think I don't remember what I recommended or what we talked about last time, but last time I was in the middle of playing it and now it's already sort of old news, but I really want to recommend Inscription. Uh, It's uh, an amazing game on Steam. It's not very expensive. I I can't really talk too much about it without spoiling anything. I'll just say it looks like just, you know, another card game, but it's a lot more if you stick with it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that from from a few sources. I I think we're going to check that one out. Dante, what about you? Uh, you know, twitch.tv slash Dante. Um, hey, what? That's with three A's. Just so I know knows. you 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 always have to let us know <laughs> that. Uh, but um, man, shout outs uh, this week. Uh, just I, I don't really have one. I'm sorry. Um, I'll uh, I'll just be that guy. I, I don't. You want to shout out Step Maniacs? Oh, hey, dude, plug your thing you're doing. Uh, well, I mean, this it'll be over. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, but we'll put a link in the description. Hopefully, it was gonna be a good time. Um, but but yeah, I I I guess at this point, I'm doing slash did a showcase of Step Maniacs, kind of like a skill showcase for the Speed Gaming Live Marathon. I'm glad that a speed gaming or a uh, speed running style marathon let me do this. Um. So big shout outs to that and uh, shout outs to uh, Sigma 1449 and uh, Clear Mouse for helping do comms from the experienced and the uh, inexperienced side of, of dance games. Hmm. All right. Uh, Solsky. Yeah. So uh, follow me at twitch.tv slash Solsky. Uh, I got two call outs. So first one is I got uh, my match versus Andy for the SMZ3 bracket stage for SGL coming up. Uh, actually going to be playing uh, tomorrow. So, uh, you know, you, you guys are probably going to have to catch up on the VOD for that or have already watched it. If you have, thank you. And uh, also, if you have, please don't judge me on forgetting another location. <laughs> uh, but also, my my last call out is just going to be, you know what, if you have a competitive bone in your body, please don't get Mario Party. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can get behind that. Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's different for you guys, but I feel like I try to take those kind of games with a grain of salt and then you just get RG'd. Work. It never works. And it's like, yeah, yeah you're just like, no. this is the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's why I didn't even buy it. I knew it would just end either with me feeling extremely extremely lonely because nobody would play it with me, or I'd just get so salty I'd immediately lose all enjoyment of the game within like a week. <laughs> uh, it's it's a betray your friends simulator. Like, of course, people are going <laughs> to hate each other after it's over. Yeah. Um, but man, a lot of good memories playing Mario Party back in the day. Get the the palm, you know, the like skin ripped off the inside of your palm because you're Dude. trying to do the like circular motion on the on the 64 controller. My hand still hurts to this day. <laughs> At least I added a warning for it now instead of, you know, just removing those games or anything. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just straight up change the mash functionality. They kept it as the rotation. <laughs> Bold move. Like maybe they have some more of those gloves to hand out. Remember for a while after that happened, they were like, they would send you like a gaming glove to put on uh, if you like complained. No, uh, no I, glove, I, I no love. Like I saw that Nintendo power. <laughs> the different kind of power glove. Oh, um, all right. Well, I guess I guess we're pretty much done here. Um, last things I'll say is uh, if you enjoy the show and you haven't left us a review on iTunes, uh, please consider doing so. Helps us out a lot. We've been stuck at 54 for a long time. Uh, and you can also support us by uh, checking out our Patreon, patreon.com slash go mode podcast, um, where we're posting uh, some light goodies for those of you who are um, so, uh, you know, uh, contributors. When are we getting a better say. logo? <laughs> Uh, well, we need someone to make it for us. And also we, uh, I think we need a little bit more money to be completely transparent. I don't, cause I think we're, I'll, I'll just to pay give, the kind of person that we would want to do it. We need. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm just going to get some, some of my money. I'm going to pull a Solsky and I'm just going to front my money to get us a, a logo that looks like we want it. That to. looks the way, the, the way that, yeah, exactly. I hear you. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Solsky, again, thank you for coming on. We really enjoyed having you. No problem. It's a blast. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. And uh, let's go ahead and mirror out. <laughs>